All right, we're on, and we got an awesome episode. Today's date is September 21st, 2019. <laughs> I got a really good episode. I'm here with my fucking brother, Nick Alvarez. What up? Lo-Fi Podcast, and we're about to talk about two albums that definitely one of them, well, it's def- we picked one each. One of them, like these albums represent a cornerstone in your life, like... Definitely in our lives. Or in our lives, yeah, 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 in the perspective. Probably the first album I've listened to, an introduction to black metal, Burzum. <laughs> that interesting, good intro the, of the an album. album. Burzum is the third, his uh, third album. That's the one you showed me. Yeah, Philosophim is uh, the name of the album, which is, I think it's Norwegian for philosophy. Philosophim, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, I think it's Norwegian for philosophy. And... This guy, this whole genre <laughs> yeah, of music. Yeah, jump right to it. This whole genre of music is, there's a lot to it. There's a lot going on. And this album, while when you listen to it, sounds, some people describe it as slim, simplistic. Some people describe it, it as it, very. Well, uh, simplicity. Okay, so I heard it today. Yeah. It's metal for sure. Yeah. And I was, <laughs> look, I said it once, I'll say it again. Vocals and metal has never been my favorite. And that's the one thing in the album I'm like, oh, I get it though. Yeah. Because what the album, what it paints in the cover, like that whole mythology. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about it earlier. Like it feels like it opens off with a battle. Like fucking a bunch of orcs or like raiders, like a horde just stomped through, just pillaged everything and every, raped and pillaged everything. Everyone was just <laughs> bleeding and going, oh, oh. No, I swear to you, it's just, ha- and it's super distorted. Like, this is yeah. heavily distorted guitar. Heavily introduced to lo-fi. Like, yeah. Was, yeah. And it was recorded uh, like that on purpose. The uh, It's a one-man band, Burzum, and uh, the man behind the band is uh, a man named Varg Vikernes from Norway. And he is a uh, interesting character, very notorious in the music scene and in the metal scene yeah. in general. Um, we can go into what makes him notorious maybe a bit after we talk about the music first, because so because it will for some people it would sully the image because some people don't like to separate art from yeah, artists. Yeah. So no, let's talk about the well, art. First. No, the music itself is like okay. This was the first kind of black album you kind of. Put me on to yeah. kind of like wean me through and this was the first like black metal or this was the first metal album that kind of introduced me to like the more extreme stuff because before i wasn't really more into just metal in general you know what i mean i'm yeah. sort of like n- new to the more harder more extreme metal and um y- you know the very interesting thing about like this album is is how it sounds and the themes that that it really it draws upon it draws upon a lot of like fantasy type stuff and you know Varg from 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 the band he took a lot of inspiration from like different like tabletop role playing games like you know Dungeons and Dragons and like Warhammer the, I'm sure like Warhammer and shit like that you know like Lord of the Rings is like a huge thing I mean like the the name of the band you know Burzum or as Varg likes to call it Burzum <laughs> he uh, um, that that word is um uh in lord of the rings there's like the orcs the urukai and uh uh their word for darkness is is burzum you know what's funny i never really seen lord of the rings me neither um i mean this was before the movies even came out this yeah, was like the, the books, books like, like the that. hobbit the yeah the, yeah 
and all those you know he he all those guys all those guys in the black metal scene read through those books and you know they all take influence from like that tolkien type of fantasy style and um the the album itself it has like this really gritty sound to it you know the the distortion and the the heavy like low production the the low you know lo-fi like we always always seem to bring up in this podcast Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's it was definitely done like that on purpose because Varg, when he was stepping into the studio, he 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 purposely asked for the worst uh, recording equipment. He purposely asked for like um, uh, like for the microphone. He went up to the producer. He was like, "What is the shittiest mic that you guys got?" Yeah. And and they were looking around, and all they were all they were able to find was a was like an old like aviator like headset for like the the Norwegian Air Force or some shit. And so he recorded his vocals through that, and he had, and he got like this cheap, like twenty dollar amp from like a a pawn shop that he just got, and that was what he recorded uh, uh, the guitars didn't he, on. Didn't he start the original sound of like when we were speaking about death metal and black metal? No, he did not. Oh, I'm sorry. So death metal or extreme metal kind of has its like its vocal point, or it's like. I guess his nexus point would be like with thrash metal with bands like um slayer or like early metallica and um you know bands that were coming out in the in the mid and early 80s these like fast-paced heavy bands that um at the time were kind of like as extreme as it would get you know what i mean yeah and you got bands like um venom and bathory and celtic frost who kind of started to help pave the way to like the modern black metal sound and um especially with the band bathory um varg took the biggest influence from that band bathory because he even did a cover of one of their songs off of his first album um the song was called war and uh that was basically i don't even think no it's not a cover but it's basically just like a dedication to bathory to to their first album yeah that sound was what The black metal sound. Yeah, that's like yeah. it kind of started the black metal sound, and that was Bathory was like mid '80s, like so like '85, '86, stuff like that. And then it wasn't till the '90s, the early '90s, when these uh, these young kids, like you know, 18, 17, 19, um, all started listening to these bands, and you know, Varg was a part of it, and there were these other guys from these other you know very popular bands in the metal scene now like you know mayhem or or immortal or dark throne uh satiricon a lot of these black metal bands they they all seem to represent mythology you know like yeah. the cover like this the cover of this album yeah. of burzum's album it's, it's, it's from a it's from an old uh, norwegian folk artist i forget his name but like a lot of the guys folk work is like takes inspiration from like the old Norse, norwegian norwegian mythology. stories and yeah the viking mythology and all that yeah and you know varg really puts that into his music um more so than other black metal bands because black metal they're the 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 sort of like aesthetic that they always try to push off is very anti-christian and anti-judea and just very like you know that's why there's a lot of like like satanic uh imagery in a lot of their stuff like venom um their their first album or not their first album but the album that kind of coined the term black metal the cover of it is like you know a pentagram with like a, a demonic head and you know bathory's first behemoth album. is that the, 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 the demonic head 
No, oh. Behemoth is, a, is another band though. Oh really? Kick ass band. Oh yeah. fuck yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, um, you know, Bathory's first album, um, you know, just had a goat's head, and it was just like you know very satanic, and um, so these what they call the second wave of black metal, which was the '90s, and and these guys oh. in Norway. The first wave was like Bathory, Venom, these bands that I uh, I mentioned. They kind of paved the way for. Yeah, it helped pave the way because there was no other bands doing that. They had this thrash influence, and they had all this different from stuff. death metal. No, for death metal came off of thrash so death metal started down here in florida and i know how crazy it's so crazy and but when you listen to it though it kind of reflects to like the 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 like the sunny hatred the heat in it because it's just so like mechanical i always felt death metal as opposed to black metal was a bit more like mechanical and there's more technicality to it and there's more of like a there's more musicianship, I would say. You know what I mean? Like, there's always, like, these crazy guitar solos and these crazy guitar riffs where they're doing these, you know, crazy... They really work with the guitar. and Death metal. Death metal, Yeah, more and so. the drums and the speed of the drums. Well, not even so well much speed, speed is always... It's always a part of speed metal. Speed is an is a all-encompassing thing with yeah. extreme metal. You know what I mean? Extreme yes. metal gets the extreme part from how fast it is and the image that they portray you know what i mean because death metal has like this gruesome horror kind of more like gory kind of vibe to it you know what i mean a lot of their uh a lot of death metal album covers always has like gore on it or like some crazy monsters and like you know very like dark fucking mythology yeah more yeah. less less mythology there are some yeah i'm just that do saying that, but like it, that is a a thing and um um with black metal though they kind of they wanted to with black metal though they kind of wanted to really go away with that they wanted to take away from that florida sound which was a very clean high production very um well produced albums because there was one producer in orlando who his name escapes me but he kind of like was the one who did all the sounds for the different death metal bands at the time, like Death or Cannibal Corpse, and there are some others that I, I don't really know of and are like <laughs> that big into death metal. Yeah, but he did all the productions to it, and so there it kind of created this death metal sound. And this but, was, uh huh. You know, he takes it in a weird direction this album because it's well, metal this, that goes ambient. You know, yeah. it goes into like, and that's uh, a very quintessential part of black metal, which. I would say this album really amplified because Bathory's second album kind of added this atmosphere and a bit of this like, um, uh, uh, what's it called? It, you know, like atmosphere and like uh, ambience to the songs that weren't really in it before because before they were just more straightforward, punchy, just all right, we're just sweet through this. But it, it kind of added like these. It's like a things. post-war, like if, right? Like before, like yeah. it starts off, like because the Philosophy album it starts out with the heavy guitar, with and stuff the like raid that. itself kind of yeah. thing, and then it's the aftermath, right? And people are just like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's wandering through the battlefield, wandering through the battle, and the dust and debris is settling. Yeah, in. it's um, and it goes deep into the ambient because it definitely does. You know, today that album went over, and you know, on the next on the playlist, it was birds on just ambient stuff right which i think was majority of what this guy did 
Yeah. Um, in my opinion, his, I mean, his, he definitely did more ambient stuff later on in his discography. But I guess we could we could jump into the man Varg because that's a very quintessential part to oh, what makes right. Burzum Burzum. You know what I mean? Because um, at the time in the nineties. Uh, the black metal scene was very small. It's probably like a hand, like a handful of people. Probably like, uh, probably like twenty people, maybe, maybe yeah. less, maybe more. I, you know, I don't really know exactly. Well, it's like a subculture. Yeah, like a subculture of just these these teenagers who all kind of grew up together, were relatively in the same area, all listen to the same music, which yeah. is you know extreme metal, and they kind of um, they kind of shunned the rest of the the metal scene because they all thought that like. They were just kind of like dumb and degenerate because they all had their own beliefs and philosophies. Because you know, with extreme metal, you get these extreme people. Yeah, that's um, because it's one thing with the music he had, but I mean, go ahead and tell because no, I know what, he was what, much different. You mentioned before he wasn't; he was kind of a piece of shit. He definitely was because you he know? he he kind of made the stereotype of black metal artists being white supremacists yeah because he in his younger years he would very promote he would very much promote nazi ideology and he would be labeled himself a nazi and you know he would write these like essays on his website and just talking about his beliefs and he would just wax poetic about you know politics and how the society is crumbling you know we need to yeah. go back to the he old was days more into that if anything than he was definitely more so into his politics and into into his beliefs and promoting his stuff more so than his music even though his music has very little to do with his political beliefs at all. Right. And and he stands by that a lot. To him, Burzum is a music act. It's not his political venture. It's not him trying to promote his... his this is just him, his outlet, just to... Emotional outlet for him. And... Um, the music was an emotional outlet. Yes, the music yeah. was more of an emotional outlet for him. And... Um, he kind of he kind of made himself a, a infamous name throughout the metal scene because during the time in the early 90s all throughout Scandinavia or all throughout Norway not so much Scandinavia but all throughout Norway were these different um arsons going on on these ancient medieval churches that were built right at the fall of the Viking era where the uh, you know I'm a bit of a history nerd so I'm going to go off here on a tangent go ahead man yeah where um at the end, at around like 1100 or like 1000 AD was when um, Christianity started taking over Northern Europe. And then the Vikings, as we know it, um, were starting to die out and they were starting to, to become Christian. And once a Viking kind of becomes Christian in history, it just kind of become, it becomes, you know, a whole different thing. And, yeah. and you know, you're no well, longer... There was the- death of the pagans right you know. the fall of the pagans and varg is very much a pagan you know he's less so of like the nazi of like all right you know just straight political nazi he was more of like a a pagan nazi i guess you can say yeah more into the religious aspect of what the yeah. of the older ancestry because was because he believes that like you know what we, i mean yeah, like not we, so much the the Germany Nazi, right? Yeah, he right? was more of so of like we need to go back to our roots and like we need to to hold on to our our old traditional values, which is what the Nazis would talk about going back to their Germanic roots and their 
you know, sticking with their old Germanic values and stuff like that. And the and that's part, a little psychotic. Oh, he definitely is psychotic. Yeah, that's. <laughs> and um, now I'm sure there will be people out there shit talking me, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> about what about because there are people out there who are like varg fans and they like are like oh no shit oh, oh i can he, admit, well it's a cult thing man. it's a cult thing it's a cult thing and it follows like mm-hmm. i think you mentioned it before it's like one thing separating the artist from the art itself yeah. you know the music there's there's one thing that i feel like though people don't they don't give his albums any credit because of his political beliefs and I, while yes they are shitty don't get me wrong you know the I think that his albums, his you know, the Burzum albums are are quintessential black metal. Like the first three the first three or four black metal albums that he made, I think are the cornerstones of what made black metal black metal. And you can still hear Burzum influence in, in bands from today. You know what I mean? Yeah. That if you're a black metal fan, yeah, too, right, you know, like yeah, of course, to be into that type yeah. of music and that sound that almost birth from what was perceived yeah. as like death metal because that's kind of yeah because the, the, a lot of know, these bands it's a rebel it's, a lot of these sounds kids, like a rebel kind of thing it is and that was their way of, of rebelling in norway in the 90s was to to go back to their viking roots because everybody was a christian and everybody was was you know promoting this puritan kind of like yeah you know hoity-toity type of, of is, values is and that shit what like it was that. yeah it was very clean very proper and they didn't want to be that. They wanted to be extreme. They wanted to, to shove it in your face and to be as... as Outliers, as, in a sense. Right, yeah. They you know per, they took pride in, in being these evil people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, um, there's a man that, that Varg kind of got close with in a, in a fucked up way, um, Euronymous from the band Mayhem. And Euronymous, a lot of people kind of talk about the black metal mafia and... If you want to look at it like that, Euronymous was like the Don, and Varg was like one of like the Capos. Yeah, like, the you know, Capos one of, the, of the of the mafia. Yeah, yeah. And of the like, black metal mafia. Yeah, the black metal mafia of Norway going around arson, and you know there were people who um, there was a one of the dudes from from Mayhem, I believe the 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 bassist. He like uh, he was arrested for assault because he just beat it. He just beat up this old dude because he just didn't like him. You know what I mean? Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, like a lot of these guys were just these crazy Pieces people. Of shit, yeah, sounds like, a yeah. lot of them were. You know, but they made these this crazy. I mean, in it's my the opinion, sounds, good because music. the music is yeah. You can't. Yeah. It's so hard to to really. It is hard, man. Because find any good people, quote unquote. I mean, you can, and I think there's probably like one or two who are like decent people, but in music in general, in black metal, I'm talking about oh, black metal, yeah. like in that early Norwegian wave, they're like. A lot of them now are older and they kind of grew out of it and they understand that they were pieces of shit when they were young and they kind of like, they kind of like don't really, they sort of brush it off in the sense of like, yeah, that's how I was when I was young. I'm not like that anymore now. You know what I mean? A lot of these guys are in their 40s. Some of them have families. Some of them don't. You know what I mean? Some of them are still making music. And so like when you have that image attached to you, it's kind of hard to break away from that. But with black metal, it's easy to, to... to like really buy into it and like yeah i am a piece of shit because look at my evil music you know what i mean because that's right. what they're trying to do they're trying to make this crazy evil music and so varg and euronymous euronymous ran a record store and opened up a a a small label where 
he would uh, sign on these, you know, the bands that him and his friends would make, like, right. like Burzum, Mayhem, Immortal, Dark Throne, all these other different stuff. Well, not so much Dark Throne, probably in the early days, but Dark Throne went off on their own way. Um, but Euronymous really had a uh, uh, a hold and an influence on all these, you know, on all the people in the black metal scene, and Varg was kind of like the number two. And so people would always look up to them. They were like the pioneers, though, in the sense in of that, in the that area, of this yeah. of, this, of the modern sound of black metal. They were right. the pioneers of this, and they really started this Because they thing. brought the ambience, is what mm-hmm. I picked up from the album that... With Varg brought in the ambience. Euronymous um, um, brought in certain guitar riffs and the way they play the guitar and the style of production that they that they did. He was the one who brought in that 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 gritty sound Euronymous uh, was and he was the one who kind of brought in that lo-fi production and and wanted to make it as crazy and noisy and Euronymous yeah he okay. was the one who kind of wanted to bring that in and with their with their first EP Death Crush that one was one that shocked everybody that was like whoa what is this crazy music you know what I mean what is this noise that you're making but it's how big was a following at that time at the time tiny probably like <laughs> this is a very insular sub- very insular very and they, you got into this the black metal just because of your exploration of music yeah yeah and it always appealed to me because i've always liked kind of like dark music but not so much like as the way black metal was you know what i mean like there are some post-rock bands that are a bit more like melancholy or have a bit more of like a dark tone to them. I think we've talked about that, like yeah. why we've or mentioned like that in the past. A good one would be like Godspeed, You Black Emperor. It's kind of like a. I've heard that from you actually. Yeah, yeah. they a lot of their stuff is a bit more dark and melancholy. It's not as heavy and as like noisy as metal, and it's not as rock oriented, but it still has that vibe. And you know, these are things that I've always attracted to. Like you know, I love Joy Division. Joy Division is another dark band. Uh. You know love, I mean? love will tear yeah. us up. Oh. And a lot of, a lot in of those... a great skate video, by the way. Oh yeah, 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 I can awesome. Imagine. Yeah, I forgot. Man, I feel like such an ass. I forgot the part of the guy. It left me, but um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was. Well, wait, there's a uh, like girl. Yeah, right. I think it was from the girl. Yeah, right. Video. Oh yeah. I'm very co- almost confident. It was. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, but like you know, even Joy Division influenced some of the black metal bands because when you think about it. You can kind of think of them as like these goth kids who kind of took it too far. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's what they were. They were all kind of like these goth kids who were like into dark gothic type of shit. And they just took it too far because they were just, they wanted to be as extreme as possible and make their name out there to do it like that. So were Uranus and, um, <laughs> Uranus. What was his name? Uranus. <laughs> Uranus. Euronymous. Euronymous. Euronymus and Varg. Varg. Yeah, Varg's a lot easier to remember. Yeah. So Euronymous, he was kind of running this all. And then, then the church burnings happened. And Varg was, Varg and Euronymous were connected to it because they kind of put out this press release or like this press interview kind of thing where they tried to be anonymous, but the, but the reporter just outed them because, yeah, yeah you know, um, be, well, because at the time it was like the whole satanic panic. And so, you know, these churches were burning down. And so they're like, these Satanists are burning down and our kids are listening to this Satan music. And oh, really, oh, yeah, the, the media, the media really took a shit on Varg more so than than 
just him himself does by talking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. What like you mean. they really just made him more of a piece of shit than he was. Because, but I mean, he was he he is was a white supremacist. Yeah. I mean, but like they kind of made him more of like, oh, he even tortured and murdered these people, and like he did all this other shit. Ah, and, okay, they propagated. You know, they, made him, they propagated. Yeah, they the made him. They made him worse. Part of it, right? Of yeah, that because aspect. he he wasn't a Satanist. He didn't care about Satanism, and he believed Satanism was just as dumb as 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 the Christianity, side of it, yeah. right? Because it's like to him, it's like the side of the, one side of the same coin, which. In a way, it is. If you believe in Satan, you got to believe in a Christian God. You know what yeah, I mean? You need opposition. Right. Everything. Good and evil. Right. Man. So he doesn't believe in any of that. And, um, you know, Euronymous, he doesn't believe in any of that either, but he just uses that as like a way to just shock the Christians and to make it just to poke shock the fire value. more. Yeah. yeah. And um, so, yeah, the church burnings happens. They put out this press release all over the news is like oh shit you know varg or you know uh this kid varg vikernes and euronymous burning down all these churches and blah 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 then um i I believe it was yeah it was before they even did the interview varg and euronymous met up to discuss band things and discuss the label and so you know stuff like that and one thing led to another and supposedly varg defended himself against Euronymous because he'd heard rumors of Euronymous planning to kill him and him, you know, talking to the other guys in the scene like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm planning to kill Varg on this day with this, you know, thing, blah, 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 and I want to torture him and do all this crazy shit. And, you know, even Euronymous was a bit of a douchebag, too. He was a piece of shit. They all sound like pieces of shit. (laughs) Because in his band, Mayhem, the vocalist, uh, one of their vocalists, his name was Dead, right? His stage name was Dead. And uh, he was, um, he was a very depressive guy, and you know, on stage he would like uh, cut himself and throw the blood into the uh, crowd, yeah. and That's you know, so. just to be very like you know, shocking. And he didn't care about. Uh, he he believed he had like this this mental disorder where he believed that he was dead, like that he was dead. You know what I mean? Like, what do you think? <laughs> the minds that attract like this genre of music yeah and it seems like a very small part of metal as a whole as i'm learning metal as you kind of introduced me like yeah. through this aspect of this perspective through metal that um the minds that attracts does it attract people with unstable minds you think i would think more so than usual because of how out there it is you know what i mean i feel like with extreme music it can attract extreme individuals you know maybe not everybody is you know a crazy piece of shit but you know i've met a good point Uh, you know because like i i don't consider myself crazy i I would consider myself a person an outlier i mean i'm not trying to brag over here and trying to be like yeah i'm better than everybody but like i've always felt like as an outsider and sound you sound pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I've always felt like an outsider, and like you know, in school or just in general, I always felt like I was always on the outside. You know what I mean? Sure, and so yeah, like yeah. this was kind Almost of like, like the misfit, maybe. Yeah, you yeah. know, like a, like a misfit in a way. And I always felt like with with black metal, I feel like it attracts these other misfits because you got these crazy people and these other misfits who are you know making the music and so you kind of relate in a way where it's like oh these guys on the outside just like me but yet they can be just as 
uh, powerful or prominent or just make as much of an impact. At least that's what I feel like they were at that time making that music. I felt like that's what they were feeling. You know what I mean? They were these just nerdy kids, these outsiders playing Dungeons and Dragons, that's, listening to Slayer, yeah. listening to 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 uh, you know. Uh, fuck who made who made ace of spades the ace of spades don't uh morbid oh, angel fuck. was it no uh morbid <sighs> yeah i think it is morbid angel you know what we're gonna look this I'm up because i'm not too quite sure this uh herbal remedy is a bit too strong <laughs> yeah tell me about it so what so so yeah so like you know and i feel like that kind of helps like other people because I've met people, I've met fans of black metal and I've kind of like delved a bit into like the, 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 the group or into like the whole scene. And a lot of the people are the very much the same. They're very like these nerdy people. Motorhead. Motorhead. Yeah. So yeah, they're all listening to like Slayer, Motorhead, Megadeth. Yeah. Yeah, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest. These are the bands that really influenced them the most. And these were just these nerdy kids sitting in their apartments Black or sitting Sabbath, in their rooms. Oh, old school Black Sabbath for sure. Yeah. Like War Pigs and, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, you know, they were just these outsiders and they felt like they weren't like the rest of the other kids listening to, you know, the Norwegian pop bands of the day. And, you know, they were listening to all this crazy shit. And so they wanted to be, they wanted to, they enjoyed being on the outside and they kind of like delved deep into it and they kind of went down this dark spiral. I feel. And going back to Dead and Mayhem, um, you know, he was a depressive guy, as I said. And there was a point where Euronymous and Dead were living in the same place. And one day, uh, Euronymous came home and found Dead dead. He killed yeah, himself. No kidding. Yeah, he killed himself. Be careful what you wish for. He uh, uh, had a shotgun and he shot himself in the head. And um, even in his suicide note, he just. He wrote, um, you know, excuse me for the blood. Is and that, um, that's how Kurt Cobain. Yeah, he, he was shot him to the head, yeah. The whole grunge era. Mm-hmm. I think heroin played a factor, in my opinion. Definitely. You I mean, know? Drugs for him. Dead was just a crazy guy. I, I don't know how to pronounce his actual name because it's like Swedish and mm-hmm. I don't, I don't you know don't Swedish. Sweet, nah, bro, I ain't, ain't it's that, that sweet land. <laughs> nah, but, um, he, uh, yeah, I don't really think he was doing heroin. He was just a crazy guy. Just unstable. Just very unstable. And so he did that. And so, you know, when you come home and you see your friend dead, I feel like the first thing you would do is call the cops. You know what I mean? Hmm. Not Euronymous. <laughs> what he decided to do was he decided to pose the body, uh, rearrange it a little bit, took a picture of it, used it on their next live album the cover of dead's corpse with his brain blood everywhere they use that as the album cover and um supposedly uh Euronymous took little bits and pieces of dead skull and made it into a necklace and he took um little Jeez. little pieces of his brain and put them in bottles and sent them to different black metal musicians and and kind of use it as a way to promote his band more and you know that that also kind of made Varg look at Euronymous in a shittier way too despite the fact that he already did kind of worsened his image in everybody's eyes you know what I mean uh Euronymous yeah you know Euronymous's image in everybody's eyes because everybody just thought that that was a fucking crazy that thing that was dark he, yeah. that's fucking dark yeah and when people say like oh uh 
you know, rap musicians are all like bad influences and shit like that. I'm like, I don't know. I think there's some when fucking it comes, fucked up people in when metal it comes too. To hip hop, hip hop was a form of expression. Like, you know, especially you came from poverty. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, music touches. I think music's a spiritual thing. You know, like any type of art form and things like that, a form of expression. I agree. What these guys were going through with the whole black metal movement. Mm-hmm. You know what they were going through. It was a form of expression, mm-hmm. and that's why I even asked the question before. Like, it attracts this kind of outsiders. I feel like in particular minds, right? You know what I mean, right? And things like that. And I think hip hop. You know, jazz, music is still music. Mm-hmm. You know, and you go into music in a different way. The technicality. You know, like when you think of jazz. You know, not to stay away from black metal, but sure, I think jazz is very insular in a way too very because in inside in a different in a different is, way but yeah theory and expression and even technicality dare i say you know not to take away from black metal or just metal period because higher production of metal yeah like death no, metal, things you. like that then you're entering a different piece of music you know 100 percent. yeah and um yeah i mean that's that's a that's a good point because i mean you know I wouldn't say technicality is the biggest part of black metal. You know, it's definitely more of the mood and the atmosphere the that mood. it sets. That this album in particular, I think, captures that idea, that premise of of atmosphere and mood perfectly. And even other, you know, members of of that black metal circle, or particularly the one who kind of like sat out of it but was still close with everybody, was the drummer from Dark Throne, Fenris. He even um, gives this album philosophy a kind of uh, he 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 says that this was a, a definitely a cornerstone in that genre of black metal genre and of that early '90s sound that that philosophy really influenced everything uh, or not everything but influenced a lot of acts and a lot of sounds and a lot of albums afterwards. Yeah, and to continue on with the Varg story. Yeah, with the, how he looked at him. After. So, after that, when Varg and Euronymous met up at their apartment to talk about the label and talk about the band and all that, um, there was supposedly an altercation where they started fighting and then Varg, quote-unquote, in self-defense from Varg himself. I don't know if it was self-defense. I <laughs> highly doubt it. Yeah. But... Um, Proceeded to stab Euronymous, um, I think it was like up to like twenty three times Jeez. around that. Um, that's what the that's what the uh, autopsy said. That's self defense or just a bloodbath. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that sounds like homicide. Definitely. And, you know what uh, I mean? The Norwegian that's... courts thought so too. And once <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> once um, Varg was arrested, I think it was like a couple days after the murder. Um, you know, the, the, the trials went through, the media kind of shat on them, you know, I feel like definitely duly deserved. And, um, uh, he got sentenced to the maximum sentence of 21 years of Nor- in Norway for arson, for the church burnings and for, uh, uh murder of Euronymous. Fuck. And you know, that seems light. Yeah. 21 years. To an years. American. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll fucking yeah, right? kill him. Just kill him. We'll put him on death penalty. Like, yeah, this guy was in America. Yeah. He probably would have been death sentence easy. Uh, yeah. Or murder like that. Burning down a church, especially if you go oh, with yeah. the 
if he was in the south this crazy evangelicals here but then again he's kind of one of these white supremacists i don't know i mean that's not to, that sounds very no, disrespectful but, to the south because but i mean you do make like kind of a point too like now that i think about it like imagine if this took place in america and the american south because where they were well, the it's like part. an equivalent well, where they were in Norway is like the northern part of Norway, which is very country, like hick ish. So uh, it's kind of okay. like you can kind of like equivalent it to like the southern states of the U.S. in the terms of like how people were in like personality wise. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're very Christian, very traditional, very conservative, you know, conservative, conservative, and yeah. they were not so conservative, but. Uh, yeah. Well, these guys weren't. These guys were. These guys were definitely not conservative. Yeah, these guys in were not bags, yeah. man. Yeah, VAR was. Definitely. A, I don't think that would be permitted anywhere. No. Like any no, obvi- obviously. I'm just saying 21 obviously. years for burning, you know. For burning a bunch of churches. Yeah. I think it was like three or four churches. And I'm not a church fan. I'm not trying. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just saying, like, Jesus, arsony is fucking. Sure. Know? But I mean, also for like murder and shit like murder. that. Murder. Oh, yeah, dude. But yeah. even like when he was in jail, you know, the, the Norwegian jail is very relaxed. He was able to, he had a lot of privileges too. You know, he had like, uh, um, uh, he had access to a computer and he would still post things on his website. What? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And his, and his, like a little like Norwegian prison is almost like a, like a studio here, a studio apartment here. Fuck. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> You got like a little computer, a little shitty computer with like, you know, dial up internet. With 5 million people in the country, it sounds like, you know, like yeah. how many people do you think they really have in their prison system? Not, Not much. that much. I don't think so. Not much at all. I don't no. think. I don't even know. I would yeah. So in the result of, and what, but okay. Mm-hmm. But musically speaking, back to the main part of the music. The though, music. Yeah. That was a very interesting I kind feel of like, story. I, feel I like didn't the, know that. The sto- I, there's a there's a. I docu- didn't know, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. So there's a documentary uh, called I believe it's called Once Upon a Time in Norway. Maybe that could be the book, but either way, yeah. Um, uh, it talks about the whole scene in depth, and it really goes into detail about everything. The documentary really was what got me into the rabbit hole of black metal, and got me into like the whole uh, 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 scene of it, and really got me yeah. to understand it. Is is on YouTube if you you know you guys want to check it out. It's pretty good. The right, I mean the the introduction to this when I heard this album, it had the I perceived it as myth, mythological. One hundred percent, like yeah. fucking trolls, ogres, and shit, and yeah. you know just these dark mountainsides, almost creepy, like in these yeah. dark woods, right? You know, and it was cool. I think the ambient might have been drawn a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I think. It starts at like in the mid thirty mark, mm-hmm. in the mid like thirty five, thirty six. Like the halfway point of the album, pretty much. And then the other half of the album was just straight ambient, ambient and yeah. it's, you know, um, it felt good just to kind of like because uh, I was busy doing things today and it just was pretty much listening to ambient music in the background, you know, right. after you come down from the bloodbath, right? Yeah. You know? But um, yeah, man, fuck. It's interesting how the yeah. the the way the album is packaged too. Each album was titled in German and the packaging itself was all in German. Um, if you get the US ones, you know, it will be in German and then English. Yeah. But most of the European ones I'm pretty sure it is all straight German. And uh um the lyrics there's one song well there's three like metal songs with his vocals in it. I think one of them, which is the second song, is either in Norwegian or German. I think it's in Norwegian. Um uh, that song is called. I'm probably butchering it. 
um, uh, Jesus Dodd or Dodd, which uh, translates to uh, Jesus is dead. Um, and then the first song, which is my favorite off the t- which is uh, off the album, which is called uh, Dunkelheit or uh, Darkness in German. Okay. And then the third song, the third you know like actual metal song that they have on the album. Um, I can't pronounce the the German title, yeah, but it translates roughly to like um, beholding the sisters of the firmament or whatever. Yeah, and almost. yeah, and that whole song is like this kind of like uh, it's a little like groovy in the sense of how the drums go, where it's just sort of just a straight like boom, psh, boom. Yeah, psh. the second song is a bit. It has the double bass blast beats. The while Dunkelheit, the first song was just very slow. Very, it almost feels like yeah, you're like walking through the woods, getting to the battle, and you're in these dark woods, yeah. and it's just like this. This um, the the guitar riff is very prominent, and um, he uses all six strings on it, and it's like. It, it really just adds this sense of atmosphere to it. The dun, 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 is that dun, dun, so? Dun, dun, what did the album mean to you? Like to for me, the most part, I feel like to me it really helped me get into just the genre. But it also kind of like there's something about it that kind of taps into this sort of like weirdly spiritual kind of feeling that I get to it. Not in the sense of where it's like. Yeah, let's just like you know be white supremacists and shit like that. Yeah. But more in the sense of like, like getting back in touch with nature because a lot of the lyrics to that song is kind of like going like they wishing to go back to the the way nature used to be and wishing to go back to the old forests of our ancestors and wishing to go back to to uh, you know the a pagan time. roots. Yeah, and shit. it's sort of like kind of like like got me thinking more so about that and like the whole paganism aspect of it and it really i don't know i i feel like there are good things and and bad things you can definitely take from it but to me i you know solely choose to take the good things from it you know yeah fuck yeah we yeah. only hope so and you know what's <laughs> funny you know what album we didn't even get to talking to yet <laughs> fucking one I was really excited about the one I showed you yeah. Bone Thugs and Harmony East Fantastic. Eternal 1999 <laughs> it's an album I had you listen to for the first yes, time which I thought was awesome loved it it was Fantastic. one of my favorite albums especially when I was your age when I was like maybe a little younger than you when I was like 20 you know 21 mm-hmm. but uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony East Eternal 1999 love that that was their album the second album as a group and that's the album you know the most famous song crossroads like see you at and then what was good because the cd i had when like or when i had when i was younger mm-hmm. when i was listening to it it didn't have the original version of crossroads right like you know and wally even though you're gone you still got love from bone and right. i love the beat to that that i mean the song itself is fucking amazing like that album was probably it was the album where Easy died, mm-hmm. you know. So the song was originally for like Crossroads was originally for a friend they had named Wally, right? right. That was killed, and then dedicated to Easy. And now it's a song that actually is like 
represents death. I mean, it's a spirituality yeah. song. You know what I mean? Like it's played Wasn't, at funerals. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Easy E was a part of Bone Thugs at one point. No, right? he wasn't. He no? saw, he brought them on. Oh, okay. So Easy E, they had Ruthless Records. Okay. They were signed on to Ruthless Records. That's the same. Like Easy A made a album like with um. Shoot, what am I saying? N.W.A. Mm, okay. Dr. Dre, oh, yeah. DJ Yella, you know, um, Ice Cube, you right. know, MC, uh, you know. So that's from that era of the West Coast hip hop. Mm. They're from Cleveland. Right. But they were moved out to California because that's where Easy is. Was, you know, that was like gangster rap. And yeah. if you listen to Bone, I mean, you heard the album. Right. It's. When you listen to it, it's like got that. It's so clear. And then it goes, yeah. Like, cha, cha, or would it be, oh, there's one song. The best fuck. Because they were one of the first people that really started outside of like Tongue Twister, which I think there was like an alleged beef that mm-hmm. they had um, with the fast rapping. Right. Okay. Like yeah. just the fast lyricism. Yeah. Like, Bun Thugs, uh, their flow is just crazy. So fast. crazy. I think my opinion would say the fastest would have been Crazy Bone, then Busy Bone, uh-huh. Lazy Bone, Wishbone. I think. Oh, f- awesome. Like that song. There's a song on an album called Down 71. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it starts in the court. <laughs> he goes, uh, Busy Bones being said, uh, you remember this? He goes, How do you plead? Yeah. Uh, or, you know, he goes, No, nah, man, about killing him. He goes, You know, the motherfucker did it in the background. Yeah. And he goes, I sit and see the death by electric chair. He goes, ha, 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 the <laughs> yeah, devil. Yeah, and yeah. then you hear the devil. Yeah. That song. It's probably one of the fastest verses I've heard, especially yeah, with Crazy that, Bone. That, that, that verse yeah. was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. just kills it. That song was a badass But song. that album, so what's interesting, one, I, I mean, I liked that album a lot in that timer of how I felt because I was really into, like, hip-hop, very big into, you know, like, Tupac, Wu-Tang, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I love, you know, Biggie, of course. Of course. And uh, Big L, oh, big yeah. fan. We talked Fantastic, about that prior, yeah. you know. And Bone Thugs and Harmony was mm-hmm. a, just another really cool group. And I even like some of their solo stuff. Okay, you know, yeah, Crazy yeah. Bone had a really good Thug Mentality, 1999. Mm-hmm. That's probably one album I like to talk about in the future. Busy Bone had an album I liked, which I own too, was uh, Heaven's Movie. Mm-hmm. It was him, like, probably blowing weed smoke out in the front cover. It's like yeah. a side shot. It had, like, a very When Thugs Cry. You know, there's a Tupac version of When Thugs Cry. I've heard the, the I think that's Tupac on the version. Better Days album. Huh? I've heard the Tupac version of Excellent. When Thugs Cry. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a great song. Yeah. Um... And I think there's two versions of that one within Tupac. Because I know Tupac has uh, some I, of those songs I've been ready done. Because <laughs> Better Days had... That was a two-disc album. Okay. Yeah. That was a great... Another... One of my favorite Tupac albums. I mean, you talk about like Tupac albums and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That stand out in hip-hop. Or just... That really were heavy albums, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Better Days was... He just died. That was released after he died. Mm-hmm. But it was a lot of his, you know, what he had stock. Right. You know, video focus. This guy recorded like three, four songs a day. You know, yeah. he just never stopped. He recorded like he knew he was going to die. It's funny. That's how you know? That's how a lot of those, um, a lot of black metal bands from back then, they did the same thing. They would just stock up on these recordings. And yeah. then, you know, they would like bust through like an like three albums. And, Seems and like what like, we're doing with this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but It's yeah. like they'll bust through like three albums in like the span of three months. And then sure. they'll release it like a year later, you know one album a year later another album a year after that or something like that you so know I, mean? I think his last album that he was alive was the um, the Machiavelli album okay where it shows a picture of him being yeah, like, yeah. like Jesus Christ um, but back to Bone Thugs I mean there's a song that Bone Thugs had an album Art of War and they have a good song featuring Tupac like Thug, Thug Love and then you you know and they uh-huh. go that's a 
I that's one of the quintessential gangster rap songs that's probably ever was released in my opinion. Yeah. The Bone Thugs, but East Internal is the best. I think that's when they were the most hungry and the hype. Because not to just even say Crossroads, but mm-hmm. even the transition of songs. There's one part, oh, so good. Mr. Ouija, Ouija, are you with oh, yeah, me? Mo yeah. murder, mo murder, mo murder me, and then. You hear everything like, and then you even hear in the background like you don't even know what it's like, wah, wah, yeah. like something talking. It just sounds like they're calling Mr. Ouija. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then it just murder, murder, come, yeah. come again, and, and then it brought. It's that, such that, a that, sick fucking album. It's so cool because like to me like that that intro scene when they were like they're doing a uh, what was it the Ouija are yeah, you yeah the Ouija are you with me when they were doing that it sounded like because they were doing it in harmony and so like. It's almost like, yeah. You know the name sounds funny. Both does and harmony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're angels, bro. Right. But we, we 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 fucking killing out here. Nah, but like but like it kind of gives you like yeah they're like this like you know this nice group under the street like you know singing these songs about and that murdering cover and doesn't gangster, look you know, yeah but that cover shit. and that whole time they're like you hear them like um like uh, uh like guns clacking and like them like yeah. putting you know like well, putting death, guns together or whatever. Death, I think, was a big part of that group. Yeah. Like the concept of death. I think talking so. about spirituality or just death. occultism in general. Occult- so well, yeah. I it, mean, in this whole album, I feel like it is. I mean, so, a Ouija, you know, Mister Ouija, yeah, so Ouija board. This. So dig this. So on the album, yeah. I had the CD, and um, there was a thing. It was a rumor. I don't mm-hmm. know how well known this rumor was, but I tried it, uh-huh. and it had like a little Ouija thing in the back of the booklet, and it was like in backwards. Like okay. the right, and you have to like kind of transcribe it a little bit. And I did it one day, and I wrote it. <laughs> and oh man, dude, because I was like, I thought that was. I guess I was into that mindset too of the, like the death part of it yeah, or the yeah. spiritual. It was something about you know Tupac kind of had about that because a lot of death was very associated. Yeah, not even just gangster rap, but more. I feel like it, with gangster it, rap it, though, I feel like that whole like spiritual thing is so deep in a lot of it. I think hip hop is, is a spiritual. Yeah, type of music like it has. Yeah. I mean, music is spiritual, True. just in general. But, so. but I feel like with gangster, I don't know. I feel like it's such like a weird juxtaposition. And I don't even like to use just gangster rap. Well, I feel like because there's it depth more to, to that. Yeah, no, because there's some sure. does have that had harm. Like they had a great song. I like. I, I mean, uh, I feel like you can say the same thing with black metal. You know what I mean? Like black metal isn't just this one dimensional thing. There is a deeper part of it. And well, there are bands that can get deep with it. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. how Bone Thugs. You know, you don't like to say just gangster rap you know what i mean like varg never considered himself a metal band you know what i mean yeah he always thought of himself as just a musician you know what i mean yeah what was cool about that album is i mean the music is so it was just you know i just dug it but i don't know if a lot of people know this but they have a try eternal Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you ever played this game, but there was a game for Sega Genesis called Eternal Champions, mm-hmm. and there's a part of the game in the character bios, and it was a story about all these champions mm-hmm. are from a, tif- a different time zone, mm-hmm. and they all die in their time in their respective time zones. So they run this tournament, mm-hmm. and they're all fighting to live a few minutes before right. they're going to die, so they can make a different decision. To it, they're all sad stories. Yeah, fucked up. One guy's name Xavier. Like he was an alchemist, and he mm-hmm. was just into alchemy. But he lived during the Salem witch, uh, witch trials, right. and they burned him at a stake. You know what I mean? Because they thought he was a warlock. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
and his character is warlock like he was yeah, one of my yeah. friends oh he had a cane that he would throw the cane it'll turn into a snake a serpent yeah. it'll wrap around you it'll start biting you you had one guy from atlantis he named trident mm-hmm. you know what i mean you so you had different anyway there was a song in the character bios of eternal champions dun, 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 dun. Doom, 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 doom. That beat is so sick, and Bone Thugs yeah. has that same. I think it was DJ Unique that yeah. produced this beat. And um, sometimes I listen to the instrumental because it's just so it's fucking so sick. Good yeah. And so I hear it, and both and the song's called Eternal. Mm-hmm. I know for sure it's they got it. They I'm sample. Sure. It. I'm hundred percent sure. Yeah. You know, I don't. I mean, I don't think I need Google to know that. You could just hear it. Yeah. You know. And the game itself was the shit. I had it as a kid for Sega. Sure. And you just, you run it with like one, because the stages, they had, the game had fatalities. Mm-hmm. But it was within the stage fatality. Meaning like, if I had to hit you in a certain position on the stage, mm-hmm. then the fatality would activate. So there's one, you're in the 1920s, because there's one guy, he's from the 1920s. Mm-hmm. And the way he died, a bomb blew up in the building and he didn't make it out of time or some shit. Mm-hmm. And um, he was set up by the mafia. And you hit him in the stage, and then there's a car that drives by the stage, and they do a drive-by on you. <laughs> it's so fucked up. You see a guy pull out, and then there's a girl. So it's in front of a movie theater, yeah. and you know the booth where you get the ticket. You yeah, see yeah. a girl kind of like, kind of like, kind of like leaning like this, like uh-huh. she's bored. And then she looks up like this because a car. You see a guy with a Tommy gun, just shooting him up. Um, yeah, that was pretty sick. But I thought that was really cool, like the way they did it, because. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just no, a no, no. It sounds, you know what yeah, I mean, yeah, man. No, I totally got you. It was, it was. And like, I feel like, I, to, to me, when I know I was it was off a tangent you, with the game, but no, no. Just, when I was listening to this album, I, the the one thing that I was just thinking throughout the whole thing is how like similar they are in a way where it's not like it was true harmony. Like they well, had no, no, a I'm synchronicity. Talking about, I'm talking about similar, as in like the two albums are so similar. In the sense where you it's think, like, yeah, where in the sense, in the like, in the in the vibe that it gives, in the theme, and the sort of like, and the sort of like feel of it, I feel like they're similar in the way where it's like, just musically speaking, yeah, because they both, I feel like both albums have a sense of like despair and anger mixed, and they both kind of came from like, you know, when you. Uh, I don't know, like, the full story of Bone Thugs and how, you know, where they came from. And they're, like, Cleveland, well, Ohio. Sure, and I'm sure they grew up in the, the hood, in the hood. Right. And, you know, I think... You can almost kind of say the same for, like, a lot of these black metal acts from the 90s. You know, a lot of these guys are just from the Norwegian hood, and they kind of, like, grew up making this music together. Yeah, probably kinda, right. It's probably in due to the respective sort of the environment. Same, it's sort of the same mindset, but because of their environments, that's, like, the reflection of the music that, that they came sense. in. You know what I mean? I so agree. like. You know, Bone Thugs, they come from the city, you know what I mean? They come from the hood. They, it's the, the the whole album has this gritty city vibe and, like, almost, like, apocalyptic city vibe. You can even see it on the on the album cover yeah. where it's, like, you know, burnt down buildings and skull yeah, piles Yeah, you see the skull like pile. In the back of the... When you look at the track list in the back, it's nothing but skulls. Right. You, nothing there, but skulls. I can name you so many black metal album covers that look uh, exactly yeah, the I same I feel like thing. it's within the title. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You can't like, say black metal without picturing a skull. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like the I feel like it's they're so similar in like the aesthetic of like yeah. what they're trying to portray. It's like this is the real shit. You know what I mean? East Internal was probably and this is opinion. It's always yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, as course. a fan. Yeah, yeah. You know, um one of their 
core Bone Thugs and it. Harmony album. You and know? plus, I mean, I feel like that's where I a think lot of next their, to that album would be Art of War. A lot of their famous album. singles came from from this album. Um, a first like of the month, Crossroads, Crossroads uh, f- for Buddha lovers only. Yeah. Mo Murder. I don't know if that came out on the radio, but honestly, I'm sure. it's just popular amongst it's me. It was just awesome and shit. That is you know, or Mr. Bill Collector. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. out tonight. Um, it's just solid. Right. And musically speaking too, mm-hmm. because a lot of those beats, a lot of times since, I think. Because that was like a 95 album, if I'm not mistaken. It came out in 95. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not 1999. Because they were into the end of the world. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They were into that apoc- apocalyptic type right. of thing. The, you know, yeah, and it's always association with... It's all throughout the album. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so it's associated with that. Um, where am I even trying to go with this? Just... Mu- okay. Musically. <laughs> no, no, no. Because well, I'm, I'm jumping a little bit. But musically, like... Just the production with the beats, and I, I don't know if that's just ruthless in itself at a time mm-hmm. when you listen, because Easy his last album I think before he died was a, uh, it was pretty much a diss album to Dr. Dre. Mm. You ever seen a, uh, like a he makes fun of a G thing, you know, know what I mean? It. Oh, it's a, just a mean fucking diss, and you know Easy was a true gangster. He yeah. was a, he was a crip, I think a Hoover crip, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if Bone Thugs had any gang affiliation. I know they knew each other because I think Busy's mom messed around with Lazy's father mm. kind of thing or vice versa. I don't know the details. They all kind of grew up Crazy together. and Lazy are, are, I think, cousins and Wish and Bone. And, they're, and then there's a fifth member, yeah. Flesh and Bone, that was not necessarily signed on. Mm-hmm. And I think at the time during this album, I think he was in, in prison for like maybe two years or something mm-hmm. like that. And then he made, I think he's definitely a one track of the song because you'll hear him in one track as like a feature oh, okay. on that song, you know. Let's ride. It's um, mm. I think towards the back end of the album, um, so their sound with Rufus like in that beats the way they did it, mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like like a Biggie beat. Even though there's like <sighs> in the '90s East Coast rap, I think had a stronger hold in hip hop, in my opinion, because you in also you 90s? had the East and West like I the rivalry and battle. Yeah, you know I could be wrong. You know like NWA I mean, had. I could, I, yeah. my, my rap knowledge isn't the best but i always felt that the west coast kind of had the more of like the popular sound you know what i mean i feel yeah. like more people when they associiate gangster rap they always think of that well no that well, gangster rap coast, is west coast, coast, yeah. coast hip-hop hip-hop lyricism that like that's g-funk like a, that like synth that do we yeah 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 that's the same thing it's that sound that west coast sound had its own sound like death row records Right, you know yeah, what I mean, like yeah. California love. Yeah. Bam, 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 you know, that's I hear a, that every that's day. That's a fucking gym. Oh, they have that, <laughs> dude. Oh, that must get annoying it's after so a while. It's one of the most popular songs. That was on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the name of that album? Not Book of Thugs was Trick Daddy, but it was. Uh, I mean, this is a good. Al- it's a good song. Don't get me it wrong. It was a two disc album. So Tupac yeah. album. It was the albums were labeled like it was, instead of disc one, disc two. It said book one, book I two. I feel like that's why. I'm All more eyes on me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know that was that an album. amazing, album. amazing album. Too. Yeah. One of my, I think, when he released it, I think that was the year or the year before that he died. I know either Machiavelli mm-hmm. was the last one, and then um, All Eyes on Me before it was mm. came out before that. I feel you like know, I forget the order. I sometimes. feel like because growing up in South Florida is such like a heavy hip hop city or just a heavy hip hop Dade area. County, you know, Dade County, County, all that. 
I I feel like that's sort of why I went more towards rock and like metal or, or just rock in general. Sure. Mainly because like I hear it all the time, where it's just like I know it. Like I don't. I, I guess I don't hear but enough of it. But I, yeah, good hip hop still catches me and it still interests me. But I feel like and Dade County breed its bred its own kind of which now it's, like it's had, really popular. It's getting popular. I mean, you now might, I feel like I think now, Pitbull was one of the first. One of the biggest. Well, I feel like the Rick Ross is the number one hit, like art, like modern hip hop rapper that kind of made my, that put Miami on the map for rap is Rick Ross. You think so? He, I, you I, wouldn't say every, Pitbull because no, he came no, out no, prior. No, no. Rick Ross made it made Miami popular. You know what I mean? He made it popular in the hip hop world. I liked it when Miami was less popular, <laughs> a little quieter. <laughs> but yeah, right. But like he's like he w- was the one that kind of really promoted it because he always talked about it in his music, you know. And and even um, rappers now, like a lot of young rappers coming up now, I'm a bit more familiar with a lot of newer. The newer one, I mean, this album. Artists. I felt like when we chose these albums, mm-hmm. it was like a piece of an album that. Because this from the same era, right? Both ninety ninety five. Yeah, there's definitely nineties for sure. And, and this album, Philosophem, came out in ninety three. Like this album's like I grew up listening to this album, right? Like, and I'm I, growing up listening to this now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I hundred yeah. percent agree. So this album was kind of stuck with me. So I was super excited to record it to talk about. You know, the Ethan I was excited Turner about, it, about oh, listening it. to it. I mean, it's I'm a, glad it was you a like, great yeah, album. A I thought it was fantastic. Album. I yeah. feel like. I feel like most metalheads could get into <laughs> that sound. You know what's funny you say that? You know what hip-hop group was able to, like... Um, Cypress Hill? Yeah, that could be one. That, I was going to say Wu-Tang Clan. Yes. Wu-Tang yes. Clan. Yes. Shameless. Like, like, yeah. or, or like, oh no, shame on the nigga. Shame yeah. on the nigga who tried to run game. Protect your neck, kid. Yeah. 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 That's, um... <laughs> Yeah, they had the they had a system of the down version That's with right. Wu Tang. That's right. I forgot about that. You remember? That's so, right. Wu Tang was another group, I, in my opinion, that could able to where rockers were kind of like go over to the other side. I feel like, if there just, was like I feel a, like I feel like because of like I think Bone Thugs did the same thing. I think so too. I think, and I think there's a lot of like that the gangster rap, you know, rappers that piece of it is that, that hardcoreness because of it. yeah, they enjoy the hardness of it. The hardness because, of right. it. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. It, that's why throughout this whole album, I was like, it's this, is a, this is a metal album, but just, you know, in not the like, form of a hip hop album. Right. It's a form of rap, yeah. hip hop. It's know? that it's, metal aesthetic or like it, that grungy, gritty, just fucking. It like, brings you deep. I think right. that album brings you deep. I think so too. What, you know, I think so too. And the lyrics are pretty heavy the, sure, too. Yeah, the, the lyrics. It's more enjoyable. I tried listening to it. I didn't really read too deep into the lyrics. I know. A couple songs that I like, I know the lyrics of because I sure. hear them a lot. Like first of the month, crossroads. Oh, first I, I of month. Yeah. It's the first I heard of that month. growing get up because of you and 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 sure. like Adam sometimes. Um, um, uh, so like I kind of know those lyrics a bit more. But hearing the other songs, like I could really see that yeah, they their lyrics are dense, but they're very clever with it because there were some lines. They're clever, like up. when they they're so clever when they did the acapella. Yeah, oh, me killer, me killer. It was that was a. I like I dug that. It's I was like, because they had it like, because it is really true to the name. Yeah, both yeah. does in harmony. You're like, like, damn. You're like, I don't know why, but like the whole time, I always get this image of like, you know, like the barbershop quartet. They're all like singing in like that harm, you know, the harmonic <laughs> way. But like, imagine like the barbershop quartet is like about to rob <laughs> rob you. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> they're just coming in, singing down the road in, in harmony, just with guns in your face. <laughs> One of my favorite <laughs> tracks of the song is right in the beginning of the album. Uh, dun, dun, 
Cristo. Oh yeah. Execution double nine yes. style. Standing, standing the body on the ground. That's all. When you hear it, it's like because I think it turns out where it's just quiet and you're like that mm-hmm. ding ding mm-hmm. ding, and it's the one rap group I think when you hear them rapping, they also kind of sing. Yeah, especially no, with the hooks. You know what I mean? It's almost like I, this is a fact that I'm not a hundred percent on. Uh-huh. Um, when I used to listen, I don't know. It was either some of them or when they were little, they had like church singing background. That I could, could believe it. I could be wrong on that. I could but believe it. Yeah, that's maybe rumor that well, I heard. The, it's it's funny because um, a lot of like modern rappers, uh, like a lot of these, like you know, what people call like SoundCloud rappers or like these. Um, yeah, like just, just like yeah, like these like new like underground kind of independent rappers that are coming up uh, uh, in the game now. They take a lot of influence from these uh, like Midwest groups, like Bone Thugs or like Three Six Mafia is a yeah. huge influence, especially on like with. Apparently, like, Kid Cudi is uh, from Cleveland. I would. I wouldn't from be surprised. Ohio. I, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah. You Kid know what's Cudi funny when we talked about doing these, right. uh, this po- podcast and mm-hmm. we talked and we was like Bone Thugs. I've been on a Bone Thugs kick. I've been starting jamming because that album led me to start jamming and yeah. jamming to them again. I kind of, yeah, because of this episode, and I kind of went deeper back into black I enjoyed, metal. and I so, and guess what? I enjoy a podcast, the Mike Tyson podcast, the Hot Boxing podcast. Mm. Um, they had Busy Bone. Yeah. And I thought that was, I'm like, what a cool, I was like, fuck, that was kind of cool. So, I thought that was, it was a good episode yeah. too. Yeah, but, know. um, what, what was I saying? <laughs> what was I saying? About what? About With Bone before, Thugs? Yeah. With the sound? Oh, uh, you stoner, bro. I'm just as That's bad, a, too. Because yeah. I ran up. Well, no. Oh, you were talking about diving back deeper into dark uh, to black metal. Right, yeah. Because um, since we're talking yeah, about it, you were listening wanna... to it, it kind of like... It, it, I wanted to like kind of refresh uh, like my 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 uh, knowledge of it. Because, like, I, like, you know, I've heard the story. It's like the whole Varg story killing and the Yeah, the that's a fucked up story. I've heard it a million times, but it's like you kind of like hear it so much that you almost like just kind of forget and you kind of like make up a short version in your head so trying to like re-explain it again is kind of like i had to like you know revisit rehatch something. right yeah. yeah and even going back to listen to like a lot of like older bands i think that's a talking piece we want to bring in because of this album i feel yeah. like it's a good talking piece because i mean it's there's a good there's a really good documentary um about it called um i believe it's called once upon a time in norway where it just talks about the whole scene and it and it mainly follows um, the one guy who was deep, deep, deep in the scene, but was sort of on the outside of it. Like, he never really involved himself in, like, the more extreme shit. He was just close friends with everybody. Um, was the drummer of, of my favorite, I, I've realized is my favorite metal band, period, uh, Dark Throne. Um, you've mentioned them in the past. Yeah, yeah you've um, talked Fenris. about them prior. Yeah. Fenris from Dark Throne, and it kind of followed him around a little bit, and kind of he was explaining it from like the outsider's perspective of like what was going on, and it was like so, not like outsider, outsider, but like he was really in it, but he wasn't. You know what I'm trying to say? I, I understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. And that whole documentary really delves deep into like the mindset of each dude, and they even have interviews of Varg when he was in jail and stuff like that, and. And it's a, that's a really good documentary. It's on YouTube if you ever want to check it out. And it's it's like a is it what got me into just metal in general. From that and hearing Philosophum for the first time, it really just kind of 
like a domino effect. One thing just led one thing led to another. That's how I feel when I hop back to the bone thugs. Yeah. Hard. When I usually when I get into one the hip hop album, like we'll jump into one. Mm-hmm. You know, then I kind of like to explore and expand. You yeah. know, to go again. You know, I mean, speaking of hip hop. I would say the next albums I like to probably talk about. We we'll probably pick a genre because I want to do a Spanish album. I really sure. want to do the Buena Vista Social Club. Okay. I want to do that. I know we've talked about it before. I just love that style of music, that rumba. Yeah. You know yeah. the way they would play, um, and it's a lot of folk songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just old Cuban maybe folk the, songs. The next album that I can pick is also maybe a folky one. I think I got. I like one to review mind. that one. You know. Yeah, I think um, the. I think the next one is probably another album that, to me, it's kind of has like an emotional spot for me. Yeah. Um, it's um, by Joanna Newsom. She's like a, a a folk artist who she's plays the harp, and oh, nice. uh, she's oh, one of the best I think modern like folk artists around, and she's just fantastic. Like, okay. Her, her voice is very unique, and it has like a very weird sound to it, almost like childlike sound, but. It grows on you after a while. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. It's her first album called "The Milk Eyed Mender," and that's a that's a cool album. I, I think we could we could talk about for the next album for the next episode. Yeah, I mean, Bone Thugs, great album. I think it was one of their best. And I think so too. I would say another one next to that was Art of War or Keep Going. Yeah. You know, they had a song, a good one, a uh, song. Well, if you want to check out another Burzum album, um. We'll put the links of the albums. Yeah, we usually sure. do. We always put the links to the albums. We'll kind of, I mean, you, you know, that we talk Bone about. Thugs albums right there. Well, the one I'm, the, yeah, the, which is a great, it just <laughs> follows yeah. up great. You know, they had a good song. I don't know if it was in that album. It was in another album, which I probably forgot, with Phil Collins. Wait, which wait, I think Bone originally was fuck it, see? <laughs> yeah uh, it's take me home Tay. I think it was originally a Phil Collins song um, yeah oh, they didn't do that one but it goes take take Dude, me I home hear a gangster rap version of that's that song. a good song see that's what's good about both though because they had a song with Mariah Carey you know didn't they had ODB also have one with Mariah Carey good point and he also had a one with um get the one that with the ghetto superstar that is what you are uh-huh. um, ghetto boys Oh no 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 no! no. It was an ODB song. Get oh, oh yeah 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 yeah. I forget. Yeah, she was cute star. as fuck, no, no, man. No, yeah. she was fucking hot. Yeah, um, she looked Dominican, like a Dominicana. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Anyway. All right. Enough about that. <laughs> what bone thugs? No, about you harping on about this chick. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of her though. That's the problem. That's okay. Whatever. Yeah, uh, that's all right. It's not uh, too relevant. But I mean, if you want to check out another Burzum album, uh, I would say Philosophum check out Philosophum is the one that we talked about. But the, another one I would suggest would be his first one, the self-titled album Burzum. Uh, yeah, is is a good just like just straight metal album. It's I'm sure everybody in the face. is familiar <laughs> with the Bone Thugs East Internal album. It was a pretty Fantastic. very popular yeah. album. You know, one of the most more famous more famous songs I think came from that album, in my opinion. Hmm. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, it's pretty much a shit. Is there anything else you'd like to add? or? Um, both of these albums are the shit, I think. They were good. It was a good experience to black metal, too. Thank you for showing me that. It's album. a good introduction. It's a I good think, introduction. I, think, I think, yeah. think the ambient really helped balance it out. You know, it draws. It's funny. A lot of people say the opposite. They hate the ambient part. Really? Yeah. It could draw a little bit. Yeah. That was there was one part. That's the one thing from the forty minute mark to like the fucking almost hour mark. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. That 
for a good 20 fucking minutes it was just like ding it was ambient yeah you know I think it was good because I was doing stuff while the album was playing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was just like, didn't bother me too much. It kind of set a mood, an ambient mood. For sure. So I almost appreciated more of that of, uh, factor of it, yeah. you know? But. Yeah, man. I think that's a. I think that's a wrap. Today was a good episode. We'll leave the the links for anyone who wants to check out these albums. Thanks and for listening. All right, motherfuckers, till next time. Kane Alvarez <laughs> and Nick Alvarez. Peace.